Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canvas Casters podcast. I'm your guest host for this episode, Nicole Hires, and I am so glad you're here where we discuss all things education, K-12, higher ed, students, teachers, admins, and patrons. We talk instructor learning platform and dive into the humanness of education, adding in some fun guests and surprise co-hosts. We have an exciting episode ahead of us as we talk about gamification, credentialing, and badging, so you won't want to miss this. If you're new here, I'm a principal instructional designer here at Instructure, and today it is my complete joy to introduce you to a few of our friends here to talk about a topic very near and dear to my heart. Let's get these introductions out of the way so we can get right into our episode. Firstly, we have Elizabeth Miller here. Elizabeth, we'd love to hear some about you. Well, thanks, Nicole. This is um, this is going to be fun. So I'm kind of jazzed about um, getting to talk with everybody here. I have been in education for my entire career. At one level or another, I have taught K to five music, middle school math, high school history, um, <clears throat> LSAT, GMAT, GRE test prep, um, kind of, I've, I've run the gamut and I stepped into this really kind of interesting space of digital badging about five years ago and thought that is going to solve a lot of problems, um, that I saw with, um, how especially higher ed really functions as no longer, um, a four-year box. So when I went to college, um, hook and horns, um, I stepped into a four-year box and I stepped out with a degree and um, then kind of the world moved uh, moved along as it does. And I'm not teaching any longer. So the, the uh, topic of my degree is no longer um, useful in my day-to-day work, although it was useful for a little bit of time. And I thought that is not how the world works anymore. And uh, hiring is much more fluid and people have much more fluid careers uh, than they ever have before. And um, a a million people a week now quit their jobs and move into new roles. So we are looking at a a substantive paradigm shift in how people are, um, are, how they're learning, how they're credentialed for their learning what they do with those credentials as they move um, into and through the, the the labor market. So digital badges seem to solve a lot of problems. And so that's why I'm kind of here. I came over with the Badger acquisition. So a lot of people know this platform, uh, the platform formerly known as Badger, but now known as Canvas Credentials. So um, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I'm delighted to be able to to um, to have a conversation about it with you guys. Well, we are so excited to have you here, and it's so neat to hear about your experience and all the things that you've dabbled in, you know. Um, It's actually, it's interesting. I, before coming into education, I actually got my degree in vocal performance. So when you said you taught K through five music, I was like, oh, look at that. I have a bud here. (laughs) Right. Well, I know like a million little kids songs that have hand motions to them so we can like we can break those that would out. Be perfect. I'll, I'll definitely set up a session where you and I, you can tutor me and I can bring sure. this home to my kids. <laughs> Share we'll show uh, techniques. It'll be good. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, along with Elizabeth today, we also have my friend Deshira. Deshira, what should people know about you? Well, hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here for one. Um, I am a program manager here at Instructure, and I have a background in uh, higher ed. So I've taught in higher ed for uh, quite a few years. I also have a background in uh, corporate professional development. So in general, I am a lifelong learner. I have a deep passion for that. Um, I really am passionate about seeing the way that technology can kind of transform the way people use uh, education. I think that we've seen, you know, obviously in the last 10 years, the uptick of the learning management system and how important that is on a day-to-day basis. Um, If we think about going through COVID, right, it was amazing that we had a tool that we could use to kind of facilitate learning. And I see the benefit of credentialing even further, because I think to Elizabeth's point, you go to school, you get that four-year degree, but that's great when you're 18 to 22 
10 years later, you may decide to do something completely different. And so I think credentialing really helps and allows us to be a little bit more transient in our careers and showcase maybe things that we've done that aren't directly related to our specific degree or certifications, but are real skills that we can use that are valuable at any, you know, uh, path that we decide to choose. Yeah, Deshire, you you spoke to a lot of things that are very personal to me. I would not have been in education if not for a credentialing process. So it is very near and dear to my heart, like I said earlier. Um, and I appreciate all the insight you bring into the, the topic. So thank you for joining us today. Um, our last guest we have today on the podcast is my friend, Michael Coker. Michael, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, so I also come from a background in education. I was a high school physics teacher, and that's also when I fell into digital badging, gamification, and using those techniques to really make things fun. Now, I'm at Instructure as a program manager over our new Canvas Native Curriculum Projects, which is a lot of fun being able to apply these strategies to be able to make our education curriculum really engaging and fun for students. Um, before moving into that, I was with Nicole and the instructional design team, which is a lot of fun and highly collaborative. Um, but in my heart, I am still considering myself to be a physics teacher and a middle school math and science teacher. Um, and that will probably always be part of me because it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of once you're a teacher, you always have that mentality. And one of the things that I, that really brought me into this area was being able to apply techniques from gamification, from engagement science, and using digital badging to really drive the engagement of my students. And we'll have some cool stories I'll share with you later about that. Yeah, we can't hear, wait to hear it. Michael uh, has been a pivotal part of our instructional design community here at Instructure. And then on top of that, the insight he brings into gamification as a whole. I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. Actually, let's just go ahead and jump right into that. Um, for those who already don't know what gamification is, Michael, can you just kind of give us a TLDR about what we should know? Yeah, of course. So if you've ever played a video game or a board game with your family and you've just really been engaged and you've been practicing things or coming up with new strategies, um, that is gamification. It is taking the game techniques from either video games, board games, card games, thing, things like that, and leveraging those things that are innate to our, our human desires leveraging those to push us towards goals. So gamification can be applied to education. It can be, you know, applied to your corporate credit card points or things like that. Um, now it, it can be something like really explicit, like you take a lesson that you've designed and you make it a game, or it can also be something very subtle where you use some of the, the psychology points in there to uh, just, adjust the human behavior towards um, towards accomplishing goals. Yeah, that's incredible. I love how you kind of hinted to the fact that gamification is in our everyday lives. Like it's something that we use. Uh, it's in our rewards points on our credit cards. It's in, uh, if you have Duolingo, that's gamification, oh, yeah. right? Duolingo. Like, there's gamification in just a little bit of everything. Um, and even, I know that when when teaching got really hard for me, I used gamification as a strategy to just get through those last <laughs> few months of the school year, like, oh, I'm going to give myself a sticker on the sticker chart <laughs> and just celebrate my own successes. <laughs> um, but we would love to hear what impact gamification has on a learning experience specifically. Uh, this one that just came to mind from second grade, I'm a pretty bad speller. Um, I rely on technology to correct my spelling, but that was not always the case. I stopped loving learning spelling when they stopped giving me jelly beans for <laughs> learning how to do it right. Hey, they, they, hey, yeah. That was so highly motivating to me. The teacher would always give me a yellow or an orange jelly bean, which are my favorite colors. And boy, what I would go home and study just to learn those, to get those jelly beans. Um, one of the things that I use gamification in my classroom, this was when I was teaching middle school math in North Carolina, and we called it kick my math. 
we created an entire classroom economy around gamification. We basically set it up so every student had a job. I was teaching four separate courses, so four preps. I had no time. So I had jobs that the students would do to help alleviate my load. That was a condition that I wanted. That was a behavior that I wanted to have ingrained in the students. But I also wanted them to succeed. So they would receive a monthly check or a weekly check for doing their jobs. They would also, on our learning management system, they would do tasks. They would do quizzes. They would do practice. And they could do as much of it as they wanted. And when they succeeded, they got dollars that they could use in their accounts. And the economy, they had to pay rent on their desks. The, the whole thing was set up. We had bankers. They could have interest if it was kept in there. It was so successful at driving engagement towards learning math that we had children obsessively doing their homework over and over <laughs> again so that they could really master concepts, that they could gain these coins. It was so successful, we actually ended up having a black market where kids would come to school with bags of chips to sell for what they called coker bucks at the time. And uh, so we had a black market going on. Um, we had some white collar crime where one of the bankers would deposit the quotes money into their own bank account. Um, <laughs> But it not only taught them awesome. the math, it not only kept my classroom clean, but it really taught them about the world around them. But the most important part is they loved it. They were excited to come to math class and they were excited to learn. And it brought something like the Pythagorean theorem, some epic meaning and relevance to, to their day-to-day -day life. Because if they mastered that, they would have dollars to spend at the weekly auction for the big bag of candy. Mm -hmm. so. I love that so much. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you also still use the classroom economy, but in a new way, right? Oh, I sure do, Nicole. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think it's yeah, so interesting. We use a similar classroom economy. We've changed the faces on the money, but the pro the basics are the same for modifying my children's behavior <laughs> at, at home. So they do chores, they get dollars. Um, they have many things that they can do to earn money, but they also have things that cost them money. So if they need clothes, they save up their coker bucks to um, buy those clothes. It's uh, I have young children. My oldest is five, the oldest of three. And uh, they like to call for more water or more ice at night. But if it's at, after a certain time, they got to pay us money. And so <laughs> you'll hear the whispering in the room of, I need ice. Do you got ice? I don't want to spend a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that, that really is the best kind of work, right? The best kind of work is, has a big element of play in it. Um, so um, I too um, like getting a, uh, dollars with the faces of presidents um on in my work and if I didn't get those I mean people say well I would do this job even if I weren't getting paid and I just always want to say that's not true um you're getting paid somehow right you're either getting cash, well, not cash, direct deposit, you're getting some sort of, uh, or you're getting a profound satisfaction, or you're getting the adoration of millions, which is what I expect after this podcast. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's an element of play. There. <laughs> <laughs> there's an element of play in all of it. And if there's not, then it's pretty miserable work, the work where you can't find the play in it. Um, or where there's just no opportunity to win or to get points or to or to make more money or to get an advancement or to get the recognition of your peers or to get the chance to do other things because you've demonstrated your efficacy at something. And then if there are if there's no opportunity there, um, then it's just it's just miserable. Like I've had those jobs. It's been a long time, but I've had those jobs where I was just like, this is just kind of sad. And I didn't stay long because I couldn't, because there was no way to play. So. Right. Yeah. I love what you said. Both of you hinted on this. It's just that innate feeling of being rewarded for something you're doing. And I've heard the argument that this can be a, a selfish way to like train up a child, right? I disagree because like Elizabeth was saying, there is always a reward 
um, whether it's in the form of money, in the form of a stamp, in the form of positive praise, or just like quality time with someone, there is always a reward and or a consequence, right, for an action. Uh, That is just the way life works. And so I think that if we can leverage that in the classroom specifically, if we can make it so that the motivation is the reward rather than the consequence, then we're doing something right. So thank you so much. That was really powerful conversation there. And I know we'll, we'll probably circle back around to some similar topics later on, but I'd love to hear some more about uh, credentialing specifically. And I know that one way we gamify education or online, the online learning environment specifically is through credentialing. And Deshira is kind of a pro here. So we'd love to hear a little bit about what credentialing is, Deshira. Yeah, sure. So credentialing is really an official way of documenting a skill or certification or maybe even a participation digitally. And to your point, Nicole, motivation is important. And so we have to be rewarded in some way. And so credentialing allows um, earners to do that, right? You can get, if you think of a credential, it could be like a sticker or it could be, like we said, money. It could be financial things, but it has to be connected to some type of way to reward that person for doing some type of event. And then someone, an institution or a school, um, you know, awards credentials is really validating what that individual could do. It, whether it's a skill or they've, you know, attended a certain training, or you can give them uh, out for completing a degree or a certification. There's just so many different ways that you can tackle credentials. Um, while tacking it onto that fun kind of play gamification, um, you know, thing that goes together. Yeah. And I think you've hinted on some of these, but what are some of the ways that you've seen credentialing work in person and online? Yeah. So Elizabeth and I were actually in California a couple of weeks ago and we did a conference over uh, digital badging. And at the end of each of our sessions, we actually gave out uh, badges. So we had a QR code and at the end we'd have the participants, you know, pull out their phones. And it was so funny because we had definitely uh, a group that was kind of span generation. So having everyone pull out their phones, some people were super with it and some of them were like, I need help. But overall, they really loved it. And it was to the point where if they missed it, they were coming up to us afterwards saying, hey, I didn't get that badge for session five or can you tell me that, you know, they were really competitive about this. And we really, uh, what we did was we connected it to a pathway. So they got a badge for each of the session, but that competitiveness or that motivation was there to get that final badge where if you attended all the sessions, you got like this overall badge. And I think having that visual component of the pathway to see, okay, these are the steps that I've made. These are things that I've missed really helped kind of motivate individuals, not only to, um, you know, get the badge, but I think they were really engaged in the sessions because they really realized, oh, I've taken something from this and I can actually use this, you know, in my classroom or for my department. So I've definitely seen badges awarded that way in person. Um, Online, it could be for completing a course, um, you know, specifically in Canvas, you can add modules at the completion. I'm sorry, you can add badges at the completion of a module. So have your students go through, uh, complete some tasks, and then they can get a badge for doing that pretty um, automated. There's so many ways that that can be, you know, awarded. I'd like to piggyback a little bit on what you're saying, Deshira. When I was working at East Carolina University and we implemented a badging program, we, for their Office of Faculty Excellence, they had many courses and trainings that teachers could take, but they would often only take one or two. And we found by making a pathway and we make collection sets of badges that they would take their one or two, but then they would see that they were just one more away from getting that third badge, which would automatically unlock a really nice bigger badge with a credential that allowed them to, you know, have a special perk in the OFE, you know, like go to the secret donut room or something. (laughs) The secret donut room. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, that when we take these things where people are already doing and we just give it a little bit of a nudge with that motivation or applying it to something real, like a 
like a credential which allows them to unlock a part of life that they hadn't been able to before, whether that's a new career or whether that's like you get free fries at the cafeteria because you did the thing. It, it really helps make that difference and drives people, gives them that little boost to accomplish those goals that they, that they themselves want to achieve. I would not uh, label myself normally as a very competitive person. But if I have gotten two out of three badges, you know, I'm going to fight for that third badge because I can't leave that unread. It's like, it's like your little notifications on your phone, right? When you're, you got to clear everything. It, it just drives me nuts. And so it's <laughs> that having a pathway can really just be a motivator in itself, that there is, there are steps that need to be taken in order to get that final badge. And I love the idea of uh, utilizing it to um, enhance your career or change careers, or even just to like add it to your signature in your email. And you say, oh yeah, that's huge. Right. And so it just offers some some new opportunity for people to really engage in content development and learning, uh, not even just from whatever course it is that they're taking, but from one another. Like maybe I see that in an email signature and I'm like, Ooh, how do I get certified that way? You know, like I want that certification and it just motivates a community. And that is so powerful. You know, we, we talk a lot as educators and we kind of about this intrinsic motivation and we'll just get, if we could just get people to be intrinsically motivated to learn, if they could just see the value of of the Pythagorean theorem and, and just want it for their own. But the truth is everything we do as a kind of a working adults, we're looking for something at the end of it, something. Um, And I, you know, you you don't go um, chasing an animal through the woods because you just enjoy the intrinsic value of, you know, uh, being in nature. You chase it through the woods because you need to eat. And if you, <laughs> don't, if you don't catch that thing, whatever it is, then you and your family are going to be hungry um, and that there's terrible outcomes from. So you've got an extrinsic motivation, even for the things that are just super fundamental to your life. You're really looking for it. So the notion that somehow these, that there's some esoteric pursuit of knowledge that everybody's supposed to be driven by um, is just rarely the case. So looking for that, what do I get from this? And, and the younger you are, I think, the shorter that cycle has to be between I did something and I got a reward for it. I mean, we're, again, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at the adult part of of life, but they're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be um, delaying my gratification. But the truth is, you know, I I want somebody at the end of this, just by the way, Nicole, this is you to say, that was awesome. And and if you don't, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I'm going to be like, okay, well, there you go. Um, You know, I, I did my best and I thought it was, you know, I thought it was helpful, but Nicole didn't say that was awesome. So. Well, here it is. Here's the immediate. So far, I'm loving this conversation. (laughs) It's going to add a lot of value. See, I need I need those intermediate nudges too, Nicole. Let's not wait for 30 minutes. Good grief, that's a long time. And that's kind of like the pathway, right? Like at the end of the podcast, you'll have that final badge, and then right now, I'm just giving you those intermediate badges, right? Elizabeth, (laughs) it's like you were talking about with hunting the hunting the animal in the forest when when we didn't have advanced tooling we did not send our children out to hunt the cougars at the beginning we would take them through those progressions through those paths we would or or we would start with a you know a sack of potatoes or something and they would jab their little spear at it and they would sequentially go through the different parts until they had become a master and their trophy was you know the antlers or whatever yes. the, the cougar skin or whatever they got and as dinner. As their, got uh, dinner. So, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and want then their the status antlers. that came from that and all those things. <laughs> so like the the pathways in the tool, so the, the Canvas credentials tool has pathways which are stacked a stacks of smaller credentials. And for some of our clients that's um, as Deshara was saying, it's like a module in a course. So a, mod- a course has six modules. You get a little, um, 
what I think of as an attaboy badge. I'm from Texas. So then uh, we'd say attaboy, good job, right? But then at the final badge in that pathway is you've completed this course, which in in some cases, those little nudges along the way keep students, they keep them in. Otherwise they would fade or they would drop or they would stop le- the engaging with the learning because it's some, I mean, let's face it, we all took courses in college that were hard, like really hard, where we really had to press in and we failed. And it was like, I can't. Okay, so who on this call ever had the thought, I cannot learn this. This is too oh, yes. hard for me. Absolutely. I cannot do this. And um, then <laughs> you take another one. So it's math or it's science usually, or, or, it's Shakespeare. Maybe it was humanities. humanities. <laughs> okay. Right. Where you're reading or really you're engaging with really hard texts and you're like, I can't, I don't understand this. I can't do this. And then you just, you went, made another run at it and you tried another strategy and you got some help from your peers and you, you know, you, you just pressed in. And then at some point you had that little click where you went, Oh, like you had an epiphany, right. Where it's like, okay. Now I can learn this. I don't know it yet, but now I know I can learn it. So that being able to do that, recognize that inside of a course for other clients, it's a stack of courses. So it's almost like a minor. I mean, you'll hear people call those micro credentials. So you took six courses. It's not a degree, but it's a, it's um, aligned learning in some way where you've really taken six courses that are all in the same basic subject area, and then you get a certificate or in some cases, a professional certification because you've done the coursework and you've taken an assessment, right? So those are all kinds of pathways. They're also, the platform also offers a leaderboard to to your competitive question where not only am I seeing my own progress, I'm seeing my peers and my progress against that of my peers and I'm like, you know what? That guy is not going to beat me. That is not going to happen. So I'm going to get after this. And so that is a, a motivation to because, you know, we are just innately competitive um, most of the time. And so we're ready to kind of get into the mix. And then for uh, the the major focus of my work these days is the um, the learn to earn road. So there's your, you because if you're not, I suppose that there are things that I have learned in my life that I did because I just really wanted to know. Um, I just wanted to know. But most of the things I've learned in my life were because I wanted to know because it was going to advance my work in some way or another. And so I I didn't really think, you know, I'm acquiring this stack of skills and competencies, but I was, I could have articulated it that way. And that helped me to do a new job or to do my current job better or to do something orthogonal to my current career where I'm like, I'm going to go over there for a while um, and do something that's really was not on the path that I could see when I was 20 or whatever. And so that skills alignment, that connection into the labor market through skills is for a lot of our clients and the students, the learners they serve, that's the major motivation. Now you have to have kind of uh, milestones along the way. It's a long, it can be a long road, but that's what's driving. Um, So you've got kind of smaller cycles of motivation, um, a leaderboard, a pathway, and then there's, I'm going to step into the labor market and I'm going to be prepared for that. I love that so much. And it's just that connection, you know, between the human and the process, right? So uh, you did mention it, but we're talking about Canvas credentials here, which is- I'm sorry, I'm supposed to say that. and I No, it's all right. No, you did mention it. I just want to make it clear that we have this product available. Uh, It is a platform. Actually, can you speak about it a little bit more? Oh, sure. So um, the platform- it is standalone. So I've got clients that don't use any learning management system. They don't use any, um, they're, they're just using directly into the Canvas credentials platform to create and award badges at an enterprise level, which means there are analytics available. There's governance controls available in that system. So you can really set up a rich branded system of digital credentialing across really large. 
uh, institutions, um, my alma mater, UT Austin has a big badging system across the institution um, at the at colleges, at program levels. It's kind of all over the place. And then on that platform, you can design pathways and you there's um, leaderboards available for for sets of students. So there's it's really is a very rich system. And then it is made even more powerful by the um, by the integration with Canvas, which allows you then to um, to uh, trigger the award of badges automatically from within a Canvas course. So at the course level, at the module level, at the assignment level, you've got all sorts of um, flexibility to be able to map a badging program, a digital credentialing program to really what you've already got by way of curriculum and cer- certificates and micro-credentials and faculty development and staff professional development um, for credit, not for credit, matriculating students, not matriculating students. You've got kind of the whole gamut available to you um, with that platform and then its integration into Canvas. Yeah, and I think what's so cool about Canvas credentials is it also spans beyond education. Like this can be used for professional learning in any institution, right? Like we could take this and uh, apply it to our, you know, our own company structure and say, oh, look, I see you demonstrating the core values of our company and this is how you're doing it. And so you've earned this badge and stacking those badges in order to get to that final pathway of, look, you're a model employee, you know, whatever it may be, but- (laughs) There's I'm so- never getting that badge, just by the way. Never. <laughs> but I do have, and I, I assume that everybody on this call has, I do have the, um, you completed the annual cybersecurity training. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. then I couldn't, like, it was like, you're going to do this and you're going to get this badge because look at you. And by the way, you, you can't log into our systems if you don't uh, take this. <laughs> okay. so Two sword there. <laughs> But it's so neat that it it really does span across use yeah. cases. It's not just for elementary. It's not just for higher ed. It can be for any age mm. and it can be used for so many different purposes. It really just is a matter of how you manipulate the tool for your own good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's We made an escape room with yeah. a combination of Canvas credentials and the external one with the QR codes and the claim yeah. codes. That's nice. Um, it, it was so much fun. You can do so much with it. I love that. And and just from that, I just want to underline that that corporate perspective. So this year, Walmart plans to award badges to 1.5 million associates across the U.S. Wow. So the mm-hmm. store staff, um, they they have mapped out pathways for not only job role training. So you 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 step into the company. So like I. One of my kids, before we went into the Marines, worked in the deli at Walmart um, at slicing assorted meats and cheeses. And he had to undergo training because they don't want you to cut your fingers off because you'll ruin a whole hand. I mean, that's a good thing, right? (laughs) Like, don't do that. Please don't do that. So not only did he have kind of new employee orientation, you know, this is how you get your time sheet filled out or whatever, but he had safety training and food handling, like he had to get certified um, with, uh, what's it called? Serve safe, safe serve. I can't remember. Um, but there's a, there's a food handling certification. He had to get that because he was handling, you know, potato salad. Um, so that being able to badge people for that in the first place, they know what they've got because you don't always know the company knows what they've got. And then you can start to do gap analysis. You can start to say, okay, if you've got this, the distance between working in the deli and managing the deli is these three steps. You have to have time and service. You have to have management training. You have to do something else. I don't know what else. And then if you want to move into managing the deli, you can. And so you can see those pathways. That's what they're doing. They're using those badges to map. And we've got lots of, of companies that work with this platform that are doing um kind of really interesting sorts of um, upskilling and cross-skilling for their their employees. And that's everybody from kind of somebody who runs a cash register and a retail service to somebody who is leading a coding uh, development team um, in a very high-end financial services company. 
That is so neat. And I think one of the things that stuck out to me about what you just shared is really, it's just like another backwards design tool. Like we're looking at the pathway, we're looking at where we want people to end up, and then we need to fill in the gaps along the way. How do we get to that final result? How does a student pass this class? How does a student get their uh, high school diploma? How right. does that happen? And it it is all a matter of micro-credentialing, getting through that whole process and building that pathway out. And I think it makes us more intentional educators, uh, even from a corporate standpoint, right? It just makes us better trainers. So yeah. that is so cool. What are some other ways instructors can take advantage of resources that are available to them to make learning experience that much more engaging for their students. Yeah, I will take that one. I think that we as a company have a lot of different resources. So if you've ever gone through our Canvas community, we have blogs and we have uh, just different discussion boards available for all of our products. But specifically for Canvas credentials, we have a blog that's updated monthly by our customer success team where they're really highlighting new product features or they're highlighting ways that other institutions are using the tool in innovative ways. And I think sometimes hearing those stories or seeing those use cases kind of is motivating or it sparks interest, you know, among uh, other educators. I've also seen, you know, inside of Canvas Commons, some really great examples of gamification. There are um, escape rooms or different, you know, ways that they're using Canvas quizzes or mastery paths, which is absolutely my favorite Canvas component because it allows you to um, kind of incorporate choice, you know, directly in your course, or if you need to do um, some kind of accommodations, right? It's very easy to set that up and, and put your students down a path to figure out, okay, these students need a little bit more support, or these students are kind of at the level we need them to be. Let's let them go off on their own. And you can absolutely incorporate badging with that. So I think starting at our um, Canvas community and kind of looking through all those things would be something that would be really helpful to kind of see what's going on out there and then understanding maybe some different ways that you haven't thought about using the tool. That's awesome. And I love that you talked about, again, that connection between gamification and, and credentialing, that you can really use the two hand in hand. You can make it fun. You can make it engaging. And you can also track that progress and allow that student to really follow a pathway that works for whatever it is that they're, they're working on. I think you kind of addressed a little bit of this when you just answered this last question to Shira, but um, what are some of the barriers? So we have a lot of educational barriers, right? right? What are some of the barriers that gamification, credentialing, and badging helps to address? Yeah, I think for sure um, that validation and recognition of skills with badges, we um, have what's called open badges, right? It's a standard that allows you to take that badge digitally anywhere and every, you know, every place that's uh, issuing these open badges has kind of a set of criteria that they have to have. And I think that that really helps because as you're awarding, you know, getting a badge, the difference between a badge and a sticker is the badge has all these things in the back end that tells us who issued it. What did you need to do, right? What was the earning criteria? Is this tied to a specific skill or from an institution standpoint, is this tied to assessments or competencies? Um, I think it really addresses that. And then it's portable, right? Like you have something called your badger backpack where all, all of the badges that you, um, get awarded, live there, and you can easily share them out. So if I want to share out just a specific badge that I earned because I'm really excited about it, I can easily share that on any social networking site. I can share it on LinkedIn. To your point, we can put it in our email signatures. Or if I want to go a little further and show off the pathway, um, I can absolutely do that. As we were talking about pathways, I was thinking about my own personal experience with it. Um, I went through the Canvas Certified Educator Program. and To tell you, like, of course, we had um, those milestone badges. So for each course and each elective, you got a badge. But I was looking at that pathway because I'm like, (laughs) I need to get that certification. So I was like obsessed after completing the course. (laughs) Did I get my badge yet? Oh, let me go claim it just to get that that um, confetti. Right. Like award a badge. You get love confetti. confetti. 
Oh, love it. It motivates me. I love it. And so those are some of the ways that that can kind of help with that barrier because it it gives engagement, right? Like me right. being obsessed with going through completing everything. Like I was so engaged in that course because I wanted to make sure I could do everything I needed to so I could get that badge. Um, and it just it just felt like a very personalized experience for me because it was like, this is my journey mapped out. This is Deshira's journey. And I think that the value of that from an individual standpoint is uh, it's it's invaluable, right? Like we go to school or we go to work and we have courses or kind of paths, but to see it visually for yourself is completely different than seeing um, a list of requirements, right? To see yeah. this is where I'm going and this are the things I've done. It is such a rewarding experience, I think. Can you imagine if every high school in America had all of their courses badged out and if you were a student that had to move from place to place, you could show your teachers, like, look at all the stuff I've already mastered. They wow. would, they could see and know, or the students that, you know, aren't great with all the flow charts that the mm -hmm. school counselors give, just, they could see like, oh no, I'm two courses shy of being able to graduate. I got to make sure I get those done. It makes it so clear and everybody could be on the same page. I can't talk about how much I need that right now. My uh, stepdaughter is going into her senior year and I'm like, I don't even know what she needs to do. I'll tell you where we see this in kind of in real life with our clients, community college systems very often have colleges that are pretty close together, right? They're not you know, it's right. not 100 miles, it's 10 miles um, because of just how they kind of ended up being scattered across the state. So community college faculty very often teaches at two or three different colleges. Like they, you know, they teach this course over here and then they go over there and teach that course and or whatever they do. So it's a really fluid population. And for the longest time, you had to be your your um, competencies had to be validated by the college you were teaching at. So, for instance, you had to be validated in your use of Canvas as your learning management system. You had to undergo training and you had to be able to set up courses and, you know, not break anything and all the things. Well, you'd have to be have that that training. You would have to go through that training at every one of the colleges you taught at mm -hmm. because there was no kind of way to drives people bananas. It drives yep. them bananas and it's expensive for the colleges. So it's just all cost. It's all downside for them. Well, those systems are starting to badge those elements for faculty professional development. And then the faculty can take that to the next college and say, see, I've, I'm like, check the box. I'm done. That's amazing. All, I've got it all in hand. So I, that, um, having portable, verifiable credentials, um, even for the things that are even, I mean, okay, the things that are just, um, they're just, uh, job role specific competencies that you have to possess. So it's not a degree right. necessarily, although obviously a degree is a portable, verifiable credential, Right. but it's also kind of the, in the nitty gritty of, of work, the things that you have to, just like I had to go get my driver's license renewed um, uh, last month. And that was, you know, a driver's license renewal. So, but I had to, because that's <laughs> a credential I have to carry, at, you know, uh, so I can actually not get, those the big tickets. I don't want. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you've talked about uh, it eliminates the the barrier of portability, right? Like not being able to take a credential that you earned in another way yeah. to to another location. Uh, we also talked about that differentiation that mm -hmm. by personalizing those learning paths. That also increases equity and access to the content, right? Because people have different yep. means to be able to connect. That's and right. then we've talked about the engagement and the motivation piece, which I think those are all really big ticket items right now. Oh, in education. Right? Yeah. Some of the big barriers that people just really don't know how to combat. And what we're saying here is we have the tools to help you. Canvas credentials can help you in this. Um yeah. I would love to hear, I know that this is constantly a changing topic, right? The nature of education is ever flowing. And yeah. so Elizabeth, I feel like you may have some more insight on this, but what does Instructure plan to do to continue to develop these products to help 
better meet the needs of teachers and students. So let me just um, kind of give you a little bit of insight into what's going on in the broader, in the the labor and education market. Um, I was just at a a meeting uh, of kind of key stakeholders from a whole bunch of organizations that was organized by the National Governors Association, funded by the Walmart Foundation with all sorts of um, U.S. Chamber of Commerce was there and the Society for Human Resources Management and ACRO, which is the Registrar's Association. And the conversation is all about learning and employment records, which is essentially a giant digital resume that every member of the labor market can carry, that they control their own data. They can share whatever parts of that data they want to that's skills aligned and machine readable. And the machine readable part is huge because it means that um, a company can um, can look at, well, we have a job posting in my group right now and there are 600 applicants for it. It is impossible for any hiring manager to think about 600 different applicants. But if I could take all of that data and and uh, break it down into skills for every person in that, then I can find the very specific skill stack that I need. And then I can evaluate all of that at scale, but I can only do it if I've got machine readable data. I can't read 600 resumes. I would poke my eyes out, right? That just can't happen. So that's what's happening. And so what the, what Instructure is doing is ensuring that the data that comes out of a learner's experience with our systems, and that's the LMS, so that's Canvas and Canvas credentials. And um, Deshara, you'll know these better than I do. Um, just the metrics one, which I can't remember the name of the platform yet. See, I'm I'm too new oh. to the new to all that. Yeah. Impact. Yes, I knew it had an M in it, but I thought there's something before the M. And so I couldn't remember, but I just just said M and then the pack. Anyway, um, my own learning paths right there. You just saw it um, in action. So we've got this lovely set of platforms and what's coming next for Instructure is the production out of all of those systems of what we're calling a comprehensive learner record. So everything the learner does like wherever they do it, because students go to different schools that we're instantiated in from K-12 all the way up to uh, uh, PhD programs. And so they're kind of all over the place, but you want a place where all of that, that learner record gets bundled together in a way that's really useful to the earner with lots and lots of skills aligned data, much more than you can convey in a two-page resume, but that is the foundational elements of being able to do a job or enter a new program. So if I want to step into a master's program, I have to have demonstrated not just that I got that bachelor's degree, but that most master's programs require me to have done some other stuff too. My field, I have to have done research, whatever I have to have done. So the comprehensive learner record, you'll hear it abbreviated because we can't stand to say whole words. (laughs) Gotta use lingo. It's too much CLR, which is just another TLA, another three-letter acronym. I think I got CLR under my kitchen sink for removing that. (laughs) And it's really good for that, um, those rust rings that you get. (laughs) And so apparently this is going to be an all-purpose product that not only <laughs> will clean your sink. So that's I love awesome. It. I love well, that. that is so exciting. And I think that that speaks to kind of, I believe it was Michael who said it earlier, going from one high school to another, right? Mm-hmm. If you could create a comprehensive learner record that just had everything that child has done, student child or adult has done and then take it from one institution to another. And how cool would it be if then their employer ended up using a program like that and could see all of the credentials that that person carried. So that is so neat. Um, I know that we've talked about our resources living in our Canvas credentials blog. Do you want to speak to that a little bit more, Deshira? Sure. So um, like I said, the blog has a lot of great resources, but we also have a discussion board that's called Canvas Badges. And that is great because although it's managed 
you know, on the Instructure platform in our community space, it really the, the conversations are driven by educators. So they're in there saying, hey, I want to do this. And others are saying, oh, I'm doing this. This is how I'm doing it. It really is driving um, those conversations for, you know, thinking about innovating or thinking about elevating or bringing in that gamification into their different use cases. So I think that that's a really great resource. We also have an amazing services team. And so we have that that encompasses instructional design or training and our consulting teams that are also there to kind of help you figure this out, like figure out where to start. How do I use this? These are my use cases. So those are the resources that we have available. Yeah, and I want to echo that to Shira. You don't have to go at this alone. We have a lot of people here in Structure who would be able to support you. So if you do have a question and you need some guidance, uh, they would reach out to their CSM, right? Yep. Um, and get some guidance on who to who to connect with in order to implement some of these credentialing programs that we offer. And I will make sure that those links are linked in our description to the Canvas Credentials blog and the discussion uh, as well so that you guys have access to that. Are there any final thoughts as we close out our episode today? So when I started this work five years ago, this was a nice to have platform. I can make a case for the gamification elements and for why it's important to have those extrinsic rewards for students. And because we live in a digital world, those uh, rewards are digital rewards. Um, And that is not the case any longer. This is no longer a nice to have. This is a must have one way or another. You have got to um, you've got to supply your learners, whoever they are, whether they're high schoolers or PhD students or faculty or staff or the employees that, that work in your manufacturing company. You've got to equip people with digital skills aligned, verifiable, portable, secure data, because that's how every member of the labor market, the workforce, which we all are, that's how they're going to operate. And that's already started. Like that's not a, in 10 years. That's um, that's now. Yeah. And if we got to do it, we might as well make it fun and enjoyable. Right. Well. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much to our special guests, Elizabeth, Deshira, and Michael. And thank you for joining this week's Canvas Casters episode. It has really been so fun chatting with all of you about a topic that's really important to me. So thank you so much again for coming. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. We are so excited to keep bringing you new content. Remember to follow, like, comment, review, and share Canvas Casters on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, wherever you stream your podcasts. Thank you.